You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. And I, I'm trying to uh, not laugh. It's an, it's almost a nervous laugh uh, on this episode. But today I'm going to be talking with a gentleman. His name is Jason Haglin, and he is a marriage counselor. And so today... I'm there, it's not any deer hunting talk. It's about, we talk about relationships. We talk about things to do things to not do. Um, and it's just, I really don't even know how to describe the, this episode. It is me asking questions to a marriage counselor about how hunters should like treat their wives during the season and after the season and and then a lot of general relationship questions as well and so it's a it's a bizarre episode i think you guys are really going to enjoy it it's something different uh but you know uh, that's that's what you get when you get with me you're not getting the you know five ways to kill a buck during the rut um type of conversation every single episode now we're we're throwing some curveballs here lately now that the season is ended and uh, that's what you're getting today. So we're talking with a marriage counselor. Also, be sure this week you check out the Hunting Gear podcast, and that is going to be launched on the Nine Finger or the the uh, Hunting Gear podcast feed. Make sure you uh, listen to that because I'm going to recap my ATA uh, 
products, some of, some of the best products that I've seen. Uh, what else? What, what else is going on, man? We're just full-blown wrestling at this point at the Johnson household. All, all of my kids are getting excited. They're getting better. They're starting to understand it, which means they're being more successful out on the mat. And once they can, once they can click the the mindset in their body, if once that can click together, I think it's going to be it's going to start being more fun for them as they'll start, you know, being able to control their opponents a little bit more. So we got that, and man, it's just crazy. Like baseball's already started, basketball is still a thing, wrestling, dance, and so uh, we're on the go all day every day and I'm just not getting enough sleep and I need more sleep so there's that commercials tethered it, I just I ran into all the guys at uh, tethered this weekend dude these guys are doing some really cool things and they have some more uh, products one of their saddles is like a it's a it's like a, a a saddle with training wheels on it, almost. It, it's, it has shoulder straps on it. You can strap it up. It's uh, it's something that I can definitely see myself wearing. But a lot of cool things coming from the uh, uh, from Tethered, including their their climbing sticks. Dude, I picked up the carbon one, and it is freaking light. It's like it, there's nothing in your hand, and it, it's legit. So go check out uh, Tethered for saddles, platforms, climbing uh, climbing sticks, and uh, all your saddle hunting accessories. Next on the list, got the opportunity at the ATA show to catch up with my man, uh, man Fred from uh, Wasp Archery. Dude, I, I love catching up with him and the rest of the Wasp crew, some really good people. And uh, I'm really excited to, to continue the partnership with them, man. You know, when when you talk to like innovation is great. You know, a lot of the bow companies, in order to stay competitive, they need to put out a new product every year. Now, in the last couple years, the um, uh, Wasp has put out some new broadheads, but they don't put out a new broadhead every single year. Why? Because the stuff that they already have is amazing. And that's why I, I continue to go back to the same heads every single year, the Jackhammer and the Boss 4-Blade. Uh, but if you're looking to make a switch to a brand where a majority of their heads are still made in the USA, you need to check out Wasp, man. I, I love their heads, love the company, love the people that work there. WaspArchery.com, discount code NFC20 for 20% off. Next, we got HuntStand. HuntStand, if you're looking for a mobile app that's going to allow you to be more present thinking about your your hunting strategy for whitetails, you man, there's no other place to go than HuntStand. It allows you to pick a variety of different maps. Uh, you can save all your pins. You can uh, organize your trail cameras. You can find out landowners, uh, property boundaries. You can upgrade to their pro whitetail platform and see the rut map data i mean there's just so many cool things and, and, and awesome functionality within hunt stand it's it really is a one-stop shop and it is one of the most popular and most affordable hunting apps currently on the market huntstand.com go uh, to the website go check it out and if you've stepped away from it maybe you let your subscription lapse get back on it 
and just be present all the time. And it's, I swear to God, it translates into the woods. So uh, last and not least, I got in just before I recorded this, just got off of a meeting with Vortex Optics. They have some really cool uh, things coming down the pipe this uh, upcoming um, this upcoming year. There, there's going to be some more apparel stuff coming. There's going to be, let's see, they just launched a new tripod for their spotting scopes. I mean, dude, it's badass. I'm not going to lie. It's badass. I didn't get the opportunity to use it this year because I was in, uh, uh, I was hunting already on my trip by the time I got it. Nonetheless, I played around with it. It's badass. They also have a couple new rifle scopes, I believe, coming out this year. And and I think one of them's already out. But they they have some new stuff coming out. So just go to Vortex Optics and browse binoculars, spotting scopes, range finders, red dots, anything optics. They have it. It's they're just an amazing company. So uh, vortexoptics.com. All right, and then I got I got to say one more, and that is two percent for conservation. So if you're looking to give back this year, 2023, the year of giving back, please go to fishandwildlife.org and learn how to become either on a business level or as an individual level, learn how to be two percent for conservation certified. That's all I'm going to say. Go do your research. Now, we're done with the commercials. Let's get into today's podcast where I talk with a marriage counselor. Enjoy. Three, two, one. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Jason Haglin. Jason, how are we doing, man? Fantastic. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. You you are a fellow Iowan, correct? I am. Born and raised. What part of the state? Central Iowa, right around the Ames area. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. That is, uh, when it comes to farmland, right, everybody talks about how Iowa is this big, big buck state, you know, lots of deer. All that stuff kind of happens south of Interstate 80, you know, south of Des Moines, central, um, southeast Iowa. But once we start getting into northern Iowa, we start talking about what Iowa is most known for and that's the farm ground and the the agriculture and things like that so you are in smack dab of uh the bread basket of iowa i have to i'm a fifth generation farmer so i kind of get to see this from a different couple different perspectives yeah um i have farmland actually backs right up against the des moines river and i can tell you the size of some of the bucks along the des moines river valley there um are very impressive so yeah um, we have our share of of deer running through our fields every day. I can tell you that. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that, and that's the that's what makes Iowa so great. Is that, um, you know, I had a I had a friend once say, "Throw a dart at the state of Iowa on a map, and there's going to be big deer living in uh-huh. in that area." So, yeah, uh, Iowa is known for big deer just all over the place. So, um, so fifth generation uh, farming row crop or do you guys get into the the cattle and pigs at all no at at this point in our lives it's just row crop so um, i'm very eclectic in in what i do so that's kind of my hobby um my hobby is is farming quite a few acres right now so that's kind of just what i do as as my 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 way of vegging if you will there you go there you go well i guess uh it's it would be the opposite of me if I said hey I want to give farming a try there would be a whole bunch of stuff that I would have to learn but you were kind of anointed into it through 
through, you know, the generations of your grandfather and your, your father and, and, and family practice. Absolutely. And it, you know, it wasn't necessarily that I never thought I would be a farmer. I, I spent, um, you know, five years in Pennsylvania, um, went to grad school. I, I've been an executive most of my career. It's only been about six years ago I returned um, to taking over um, the kind of the, the family tradition, if you will, and getting back to the land, okay. um, which, is, which has been really great. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, you, you're also a counselor, correct? I am. I'm, I'm a, by trade. I'm a substitute counselor. I have my graduate degree in counseling psychology, um, managed mental health centers and, and worked with people and, you know, and, and relationship counseling um, my entire career. So, I, you know, I've, I've worked with people. I've been a crisis counselor, um, done a lot of work with FEMA. So I've spent my whole life around um, working with people as they go through emotions yeah. um, and experience different emotions. Yeah, uh, man, that is where I wish I had a little version of you sitting on my shoulder every day because emotions is the buzzword here for my life recently. I have all these kids growing up. They, uh, they show their emotions and they don't know how to con- control their emotions, which frustrates me, thus me causing me not to control my emotions. <laughs> so, so uh, life can be one hell of a snowball rolling downhill. It, it absolutely can. And, you know, I, I love the word. Um, and I always I always tell people, can you really ever control your emotions? Exactly. I, I'm a big advocate of, you know, we're all managing. Um, there's really very little we have control about in life in general. Right. Right. Um, you know, we have to find ways to manage. Um, and sometimes things are really hard to manage through. Um, but, you know, the more the more we cling on, um, some sometimes we just can't grasp that much. And so, you know, I, I, not to call you out on that, but it, you know, yeah. it makes me think about, you know, what are we doing? Are we managing? Or are we controlling? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And thus is why you are on here today, because I had a guy reach out to me and he goes, okay, Dan, you talk about your wife and your kids all the time on, on this podcast. And you, you know, you talk about how sometimes they frustrate you or sometimes you get mad and, and um, vice versa and your, and your kids get mad at you or your wife gets mad at you. I think it would be cool to have a marriage counselor come on this podcast and just kind of talk about marriage, um, where they fail, where they succeed, you know, bumps in the road, how to, how to um, overcome those types of things, especially when, we are talking about hunting because the hunting is what I have always called this selfish sport in a way where there's a lot of time you, you can take it as easy as you want it, you know, just be a weekend warrior, or you can get very into it. Like I am, and you can make it your, your job. You can spend a lot of time thinking about deer and deer hunting and and strategy and it, it becomes a selfish activity in a way because it's only you that is benefit from it, from it, from it. So, um, first off, I think I'm just going to kick this off with some very vague questions, um, at high level and you, you can take it however you want to, uh, take it when it comes to marriage in, in from your past experience, where do most marriages, not necessarily the point of failure, but the beginning of maybe some bad habits or, or, or bad experiences. 
Sure. And, you know, I'm going to kind of approach this as relationships in general, right? You know, I think of, you know, being a hunter or being a farmer or a rancher. Um, you know, we didn't talk much about it, but, you know, a, a lot of my background has been in succession and how do we help everyone to get around the table and communicate? And it comes down to communication, right? Yeah. Where, where do things start to go wrong? Um, where do we start to stray? It's, it's when we start stopping or, or we, we, we start to fail at our communication, right? And so it doesn't matter what type of relationship you're in, whether it's, uh, you know, with your spouse or with your business partner, um, it's when we stop communicating. It's when we're not sharing our needs, our wishes, our hopes. Um, it's when we're not, you know, communicating what our needs are and how we can go about meeting those needs. So for me, it, it comes down to communication. Yeah, yeah. And so when we talk about, uh, I don't know, any type of hobby or sport or, you know, the guys going out with with golfing. Um, this is one thing that I've learned over the years in that men and women, <laughs> this, this sounds basic, but they are different in almost every category, how they express themselves to how they manage problems to how they plan for the future. All like almost everything about the men and women are different. I would just say on average. And so when it comes to communication, like what is, what's your experience with when you have people who are complete opposite sides of the spectrum trying to communicate with one another? Well, I mean, that's that's one of the great advantages of, of therapy um, or, you know, ha having having a, a relationship coach. Right. It's it's to help to interpret um, because there's different communication styles. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, the communication style between men and women is very different. But um, at the end of the day, some of the ends are very similar. Yeah. Right. What people are trying to do, um, what they're trying to get to or get away from are very similar. It's just the way we, we all go about it can be very different. And so, you know, as I think about what, you know, how do we get over that barrier? Um, it's sometimes we need an interpreter and sometimes that's really hard. And probably when I think about, especially those of us in rural and remote areas, um, the stigma of asking for help can be really, really hard. Right. Um, you know, and so that's one of the biggest barriers sometimes is our pride. Um, because who wants to ask for help? Right. when they're struggling in a relationship. I mean, do, do you like to ask for help? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you like to talk about it, right? No, no exactly. Um, you, you know, so the, the first thing we have to do is 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 find a way to be vulnerable and open and honest. And um, I know a lot of guys who can't even say the V word, right? Yeah. But part of vulnerability is being able to open ourselves up and learn something about ourselves as we start to learn about our ability to communicate and, and, and figure out where we're going and what we need. Um, you know, and I, and I don't know if I really think that, you know, hunting or golfing, you know, for me, I think about those activities and a lot of people engage in them and it's a great for self care. And we don't always think about it in those ways, but yeah. when I think about what people use those, those, those times for it's camaraderie with friends, it's self care. It's to rejuvenate. We all need activities that rejuvenate us yeah. and build us back up. Um, so I really think we should be embracing and leaning in to some of these activities. Um, I'll tell you some of the folks I know that hunt that go out and, you know, spend six hours or, you know, some, sometimes what, six hours up in a stand. I'm like, that's not my idea of rejuvenation. Yeah. Let's be honest with you. Right. Um, 
But for some folks, that's what they need to do. And they are good for two, two weeks or a month because that was their time to go and, and be on their own and engage in an activity they love to do. Yeah. And I think if, other, if everyone knew how important that was, don't you think more people would support that? Oh, heck yeah. And support them in taking that time? But they've got to communicate what they get from it. And I think that's where sometimes these things go awry is because there's not good communication. It feels like someone's not being present or they're running away from something when really they just need some time for themselves. Right, right. And so you described that very, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce the word here. I think I'm going to say it wrong eloquently. Okay. You, you said that perfectly. Now, men are not necessarily known on average for expressing themselves like what you just did here. So when a man gets frustrated, you know, he gets into the, uh, 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 you know, the gorilla smash things get, you know, Dan mad type, you know, type of scenario. So when it comes to communication and being vulnerable for, uh, let's just say men, because my demographic on this podcast is like 97% men. Um, how, how would you recommend taking steps to be more communicative to your wife? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I mean, I think the first step is, well, hey, you know, do kind of a self-analysis. I mean, sometimes we kind of have to reflect and sometimes it's painful as guys to sit back and go, well, you know, what was my part in that argument the other night? Right. Or what could I have said differently that maybe wouldn't have incited quite the response that I got? Right. Because right. I've been known to needle my wife from time to time. Right. Yep. Um, I've been known now and then, you know, to be a little irritable and be like, well, I know what to say that's really probably just going to end up being hurtful. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't always do the best job myself of reeling myself in and thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't just say anything at all. Right. Yeah. And I've been married for, you know, going on 26 years. Right. So I'm not learning very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it's important that, you know, we think about how, you know, what, what is our role in all of this? And we all play a role in our different relationships, you know, into, into making those relationships really healthy or not so healthy sometimes. And so, you know, when we think about communication, it doesn't mean, you know, we're going to do journal entries every day, right? I have right. some people tell me, well, I'm not going to write in a journal. Well, I'm not asking you to write in a journal. Um, but, you know, do you convey the importance that some of these activities have in your self-care, yeah. right? Um, you know, if we think about, you know, women do a great job of articulating their feelings and emotions and sharing in general, um, you know, what they do and how it helps them, right? right? Because generally women are just more verbal, right? It's just a, one of the differences. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, kind of goes back to the old joke that, you know, I can spend a weekend with, with, with all my friends. We don't have to say anything, right? It's just about being there yeah. and being present. Um, and, and that connection that we build through not sharing anything sometimes, um, it's just being present with each other. Um, but it, we have to talk about how those, difference make, those differences make us who we are, 
right? And so that's where the communication piece comes in is, is how can we share that, you know, I don't understand what you do with your friends when you go out with them, but this is what I need to do. And this is why this weekend trip that we're planning um, to go to the cabin is so important to us um, because I just need that to rejuvenate myself. And yeah. it's okay to say we need to do things for ourselves. And I think sometimes in our society, we feel like we have to do stuff for other people. And, you know, if you have kids, you know, you, sometimes you got all those activities going on and there's no time left for you. Um, and, and partly um, that happens even more so in women. Um, women give up more of their time and they are the worst at self-care. Um, in some ways, guys are healthier because we just say, I'm going to do this on my own and we walk away, Yeah. right? And that actually helps us be a little healthier and resilient emotionally. Um, now, that's at the detriment of some of those relationships, right? right. And so sometimes it's helping your spouse or loved one to, to, to say, hey, I'm going to do this for me. You need to go do something for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you make it equal. And so you're sending them off to say, I, I need time for me, but you need time for you too. You need to let go of some of these other things that you think are important. And I want you to go do something for you. That can get you a long ways um, in maybe better understanding some of those needs your spouse may need. And they may reciprocate that back of better understanding, acknowledging what you need to do as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I want to talk about the word. This And I'm going to open up a little bit here on the podcast and, and talk a little bit about uh, some things that... Uh, have happened in, in my personal relationship. And, and that is the word resentment. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I had this, I had this job where I was kind of similar to my wife. I was able to get out of that job. And now I'm, I'm pretty much living my, like I have my dream job. I own my own business. I get to talk about hunting and fishing all day long. And I get to, you know, when it's hunting season, I don't have to take off work. You know, I don't have to plan with a boss. I'm the boss. I get to go on on these hunting trips, the only, you know, real planning and preparation I have to do from a scheduling standpoint is with my wife. And so it's not so bad anymore because I, I feel like I've done a good job at communicating with her the benefits of what I do and being, a, you know, basically a, a stay-at-home dad who runs a business as, as well. But there's this resentment. And the word, that's the buzzword I want to talk to you about is this resentment. Um, and my wife has said that uh to me is that she has resented me for being able to go out and do these things that make me happy. Meanwhile, she's going and doing things that don't necessarily make her happy. Um, and then when I go on my trips every year, you know, she stays back, she watches the kids and, uh, and, you know, has to do all of the, the single parenting type jobs that we joke and call it the fall widow in the hunting community. Um, and then I get to go out and, you know, I go to South Dakota for eight days, come back, but it, but I make my money that way too. So she resents me for that. Give, give me your, your take on resentment. And if it is like as poisonous as they say it is. Sure. And so, you know, when you talk about resentment, I hear other words that pop up like stress um, mm -hmm. that, you know, when when you're gone, it adds a level of stress to the family dynamic. Right. right. Um, you know, it, it creates imbalances um, in the relationship, um, you know, and so part of your work 
um, you know, and, and, and that's how, you know, you're also helping to care for the family, right, right. financially um, to, to provide. And so, you know, there, there I, I can see that envy, that, that jealousy, mm-hmm. um, you know, because a lot of us go through our careers and, and we're just kind of at the grind, right? And it's, it, it's very empowering. I, you know, I can relate to you when you say that, of when you find a place where you can just find your groove and you're doing what you love and you happen to get paid for it yep. really well in the process, um, that's really great. And if you're not in a place where where you can do that, it's kind of hard to watch somebody do that, especially if it's a spouse or a loved one, Yeah. right? And so there's a normal part of resentment and jealousy that, that can seep through at those times because sometimes it's really hard to be truly um, happy for someone else, yeah. right? Because there's always a part of you that's like, well, why can't I do that? You know, right. or why, why couldn't I come up with this idea 10 years ago um, and then, you know, be cashing in on it today? Um, sometimes those are real challenges. And so I think about, you know, resentment and jealousy. I think about all of the other layers. That's kind of like an onion, right? Once right. you start peeling it, there's just another layer and there's another layer. And, and so it's, it's, I can understand where some of that resentment comes from, um, you know, I, th- there kind of came a point, I travel a lot for the work that I do. Um, you know, I, I don't send my wife pictures of the great food I'm eating anymore, right? <laughs> or share with her. That's funny. Know, that, that, at another brewery and they have a great, you know, they have a great sour she might like, um, you know, I don't like them, but, you know, because she's like, well, here I am at home, you know, and, and you're traveling for work, but you're in a different restaurant every day, right? Right. Um, so there's kind of that balancing act we all have to do, right? Relationships are are give and take, right? Relationships are and all great things all the time, right? We all sacrifice to be yeah. in relationships, yeah. right? And so we have to be willing to give and the take, and and hopefully um, that all balances out. But there's going to be times where people feel resentment, and that's normal. Um, mm-hmm. We should feel things during relationships, right? And so hopefully there's some stuff you do with the other times of the year yeah. that makes up for some of that, right? Right, right. And that is what the other, you know, dang near eight months of the year is about. It is, you know, I always say brownie points, right? I'm, 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 I'm building that bridge every single year just to burn it down in November, you know, October and November, and then start building it up. So that way the goal is they they know how much you know my kids you know take them on trips you know participate in their life you know do the projects around the house and, and things like that and and the with the goal of building up those brownie points so that it's not um uh, it's not as painful when i leave for a week at a time yeah it's important that you acknowledge that it is painful for your wife during yeah. those times right right that can be miserable managing yep. kids and all the other things that come along with that. Now, I prefer to say you're building equity, right? It go. sounds a little better than brownie points. Yeah. But, um, you know, you're building equity in all those other times of the year because you know there's going to be some times that yeah. you're going to be less available, less accessible. Yeah. Um, but that's a balance, and that's a conversation you have to have with your wife, right? You yeah. guys have to have to come to some mutual understandings. And, you know, maybe early on you weren't communicating as much, um, you know, about the importance Right. Of some of these things that you have to go to, um, 
you know, and I think that's the challenge is, is when we kind of get lulled into our work, you know, especially when it's our work, right? Sometimes right. we just have our nose to the grindstone. We're just going along, you know, kind of doing the same thing every day. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, the, the last three years, what we've seen in a lot of folks is just that, that ongoing anxiety, the chronic stress. You know, we hear this word burnout a lot, right? Right. We, we all can, we can all have feelings of chronic stress and burnout, um, you know, and, and that's not just in our jobs that can, you know, that can impair our ability to function our hobbies too, right? It, it can right. keep us from doing lots of different things that we do. And so, um, you know, we always have to be thinking about how, how are we managing ourselves? And when people are under stress and start to shut down, they stop communicating. Yeah. And that makes all these other problems so much worse, right? It, it, it brings kind of things to a head that don't need to um, because we just forget to do some of those basic things we need to do. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. So I, I got to tell you a little bit about, uh, my lap before my wife, I had this relationship and I, I was in a somewhat serious relationship and then I fell in love with hunting and wanted to do it more and more and more. She did not like that. And I'm not going to say it was one of the main reasons she decided to leave, but she, she left nonetheless, right? So it was it was probably part of it, and so it be, this hunting then became this huge passion for me, and it, it's like it's like uh, I identify as a bow hunter now. Like if you're going to give me a title, that's the title I give myself mm. because I do it all the time, and I, I love everything. All my decision making is, is around that. So I made it a point when I started dating my wife that listen, man. I'm going to do this. And so I let her know right off the bat that, you know, when October came, November came, like, I'm telling you, I'm going to go do these things. So I'm, I'm warning you now, like if I, I don't want you to get mad at me in October or November when I'm gone every weekend because I'm hunting and we don't have this social life that we have in July and August type, type of conversation. So what kind of recommendations would you give to a guy or gal who finds some kind of passion project or finds an activity that takes up a lot of time that's brand new, maybe while they're in a relationship or the, something that is just like, boom, I love doing this. I want to do it more. It makes me happy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's a fantastic question. I, I I just had a flashback of when I started farming more, and so yeah, my, my wife still tells me, you know, if, you know, it's it's September, October. I'm like, well, I'm going to be sitting in a combine. Like, you know, we we can't be doing anything else because yeah. I've got to work full time. I got to travel, and then when I do get home, I'm going to be sitting in a combine all night. Mm -hmm. Um, because when you got a combine, you got a combine, right? No different than right. when it's in season. You you got to be, um, where you got to be, and so you know it, it, it to me it, it really boils down to um if you're in a good healthy relationship then you're gonna be able to find those separate activities or those activities together um that you want to engage in um and you don't have to do everything together 
Um, but you don't have to do everything apart either, right? And so to me, it's all not an all or nothing conversation, yeah. right? It's I'm going to be bow hunting and I'm still going to do the things we need to do, right? right. It, you know, I can tell you that, that you know, I've, I've had to cut a vacation short because I had a good friend get married, right? right? And so I didn't have a problem doing that, but I was able to do both. And, and so I think it's really important. It's not an either or conversation. It's a how can I do this and meet everyone else's needs at the same time. Yeah. I think the difficulty we have is we all only have so much capacity, and we don't always talk about this because we always all want to do more, but we're all limited in our capacity to function across all of our relationships, right? right. Like there's only so much of us to go around. Um, and so if we're giving too much over here, then we're not going to have enough left. And so we have to figure out how do we take care of ourselves to be able to be everywhere we need to be. And if we're out of balance, we're not going to be everywhere we need to be. And so I think the bigger thing is individually, we have to decide how are we going to use the limited capacity we have. Yeah. And that can be really hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's always a struggle every time of year. I, I can, I notice a little bit, I, the, the longer that we get married, the less it becomes. So I would say in five years, it probably won't even be an issue anymore. I mean, my kids are going to be at that point older. They can wipe their, you know, as of right now, they can wipe their butts. They can wash their hands. You know, they can, they can do the, right. the basic stuff now. So it's not as bad as it used to be, but maybe for, for somebody getting into like kind of who's younger with younger kids or newly married, there was always this time where, right before the hunting season started they they flipped it to the calendar the calendar had the hunt schedule on it maybe in two weeks or three uh -huh. weeks and so then i then i would not so much anymore but i i would notice a attitude change or a personality change and then it was just like like this 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 um sauteing of frustrations just keep getting higher until eventually there was a fight and so how 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 would you set about like managing those types of expectations well i i always would suggest you know talking about that stress as it begins to build yeah. um so you know what what you're seeing was a precursor signs of the stress that was coming mm -hmm. right the the feeling overwhelmed potentially um the the not knowing how to manage some of those things um and and so you know what what can you do to help to manage the experience when you're gone right what can you do to set things up for success in the household um you know and so well, you know, like I, I can tell you what my what my family did a lot of throughout the course of the pandemic is we got a lot of food to go, yeah. right? Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, was it because we couldn't cook? I love to cook, right? I cook all the time. Um, my wife doesn't love to cook. I, I love to cook more than my wife loves to cook, to be honest with you. Um, I love being in the kitchen and doing stuff. But sometimes after a long day, you know, and dealing with the kids and everything else, I just don't want to make another decision. Right. Yeah. I, we all run into decision fatigue. And so sometimes when you're the only one there and you have to make all the decisions for that week, that can be really overwhelming. And so people kind of go to this this dark place of I just can't make any more decisions. Even to make a decision about supper can be paralyzing. Yeah. Um, 
if someone's under a lot of stress. So even just giving permission and not that your wife needs permission from you, but just saying, hey, you know, maybe we could just set up a meal thing for the next couple of weeks. So you don't have to worry about that. Or you can do, you know, there's lots of different things that you can do to show support and and help to take some stress off of other people's plates because sometimes that 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 kind of that your that those feelings you you that were getting sent to you right yeah. um sometimes that was just the stress building up potentially um and so i always like to kind of encourage people to look beyond the behavior right what's right. the purpose behind the behavior what's really happening right yeah. um you know what's actually going on there. And sometimes people don't know, the people experiencing it don't always recognize that that's stress building up. They don't always recognize, you know, um, that the calendar in two weeks is going to be that, but they're already starting to feel the stress to that. Sometimes that's out of their awareness, right? right? And so sometimes it's really important we ground ourselves and have those direct conversations. Yeah. The next buzzword I kind of want to touch base on is empathy. And, and, I think this is hard for men, uh, and this is just my personal opinion. It's hard for men to empathize with their wife or their girlfriend because they don't think like uh, a wife or a girlfriend, right? It's hard to compare yourself to something that you're not. And so, like, any advice for guys out there who are trying to understand where their wife or girlfriend is coming from if they do decide to communicate with you, but then in the end going, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I, I do not understand that. Well, it, I almost want to say how good are, how good are we at listening? Mm-hmm. Because listening has to come before empathy. Okay. Um, and so there's a difference between hearing and listening. Right. Right. And so, you know, when we think about listening, do we really listen um, sometimes or are we so in our heads thinking about what we're going to say next that we totally don't even hear. That's a great point. What was being shared with us. Right. And so um, empathy is hard, right? Because you're really trying to understand what someone's experience, you know, in their skin, what that must be like. Um, But sometimes I think we seem to hear where are they coming from? Right. Right. And if we're just, if we're willing to listen and hear where they're coming from, then it can help us to have some perspective and then be able to say, oh, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Um, because you you may not agree. It may seem ridiculous to you. But you probably just need to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And that would probably take you a long ways um, in healing some of these wounds if you're going back and forth with someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and, you know, um, what when an when a argument or a... I don't know. Is it ever okay to say, I don't, I don't care. Well, if you don't care, um, but you know how often, you know, if, if it's an argument with someone you're in a relationship with, then, then there's some investment. Right. And so I think, you know, it really comes down to what's your level of investment in that relationship. Yeah. Um, if you really don't care, then you're not that invested in the relationship. Then you might want to reevaluate the relationship. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and so I, I think that sometimes people say they don't care because it's easy to say, um, but it may not be accurately representing yeah. where the person's coming from, right? Um, it kind of goes back to our limited vocabulary about emotions. 
you know, I used to work with, um, with, with teenagers a lot. And what's the first primary emotion every teenager will tell you, no matter what's happened to them? It's always anger. Yeah. I'm angry. And, and so it's never anger. It's always, I'm hurt, I'm rejected, these other things, right? Right. And so, you know, I think we have to get beyond our limited vocabulary and really start to feel that emotion. It's really easy to get angry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really hard to actually identify what the real feeling and emotion is behind that. Yeah. And you mentioned stress earlier, right? And And so me and my wife had have you know our relationship was built on or our our family is built on me and my wife's relationship right that's the foundation mm-hmm. of every everything that that we have going for us right now and so there's times i've noticed where the 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 stress comes from our life meaning we're running three kids around and we're going to activities and we have to decide, you know, like, Oh, this is broken. We got to get it fixed. We have to do this. And, and, and it almost becomes chaotic. How, how important is it to put, I mean, maybe even children aside for a moment and then go back to what the foundation of that relationship was or is. Absolutely. I mean, relationships are work, right? I mean, relationships just don't happen. Um, You know, you just don't marry somebody and be like, well, this is good. We can cruise for the next 50 years. (laughs) Um, Right. I mean, You've got to nurture your relationship. Things change over time. Your kids are young now. They're going to grow up. It's a whole different deal when they're in high school. Um, You know, and I've got a kid in college now. It's a whole different deal. Right. And so um, probably about a decade ago, my wife and I started scheduling date nights, yeah. especially when our kids were younger, um, because we needed to bring that focus back on just the two of us, because otherwise it would get lost in all the other chaos. Yeah, I, I think you described it very well, that chaos. And so how do you care and nurture for that relationship, right? Because if that relationship's important to you, you can't take it for granted. And yeah. so, so oftentimes people struggle when they take their relationships for granted and then they forget what 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 the really are the important things in that relationship. And so, you know, it's work. You have to set time aside. You have to schedule. Um, you know, we have we have scheduling meetings we, for a while in my household. We actually had to sit down with a calendar and all you know all of our devices and be like, okay, what's our schedule for the next six months? Right. You know, when are we doing this? And we still do that. Like you know, all the band concerts. If it's not on my schedule. Then, then I'm out of town. I'm like, oh, I missed a band concert. And then my wife's like, what are you doing? What's your priority? Um, you know, and so we've got to keep that at the top, right? We got to keep that in focus um, so that we can juggle everything we need to juggle. And at which point things are too much, then we have to start reeling back. Yeah. Um, if I'm gone too much, there comes a point like, you know, maybe, you know, I'm going to stay home for the next three weeks. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll push some of these things. Um, so that I can do that. And so it's finding that balance. Um, and everyone's got to be communicating and firing all cylinders to find that balance. Um, because as soon as somebody shuts down, then we start to get out of balance again. Yeah. People change all the time. All right. Whether, you know, uh, like the the 25-year-old version of me is way completely different of a person than the 42-year-old version of me. All right. That That is now. 
as you know, as people change, you know, by the laws of marriage and we're expected to stay, like people are expected to stay with each other and, and change as well. How, how would you recommend? Cause, cause if a person changes, then it's almost like the other person has to change as well to accommodate that. How do you recommend that scenario playing out? Well, I mean, so I like what you're saying. So like, we are all always evolving, right? Right. And so, yeah, I hope the version of me today is it, it's a very different version of, you know, when I was a, in college, mm-hmm. right? So I think for the most part, that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, we're all constantly changing and evolving. The world is constantly changing and evolving around us as well. Um, so we're constantly shifting and moving and, and so I think it's important as we shift and move and our relationships shift and move, our goals in life shift and move, um, that that we regularly, you know, I talk about being in balance and, you know, maybe I should talk more about that. That's kind of how we manage all of the things in our world and all the things that are important to us and all the relationships that we have. Um, and those things change over time. Um, you know, probably the, I don't, I, I probably have less friends as I get older, like when I think of really close, close friends, because I've really honed in on the relationships that I want to have, right? Yeah. It's evolved and changed over the course of time, um, you know, as, as opposed to having lots of connections. I've probably reduced that a little bit over the years just because I've become a little more focused in who I am, who I want to be, and who I want to hang around with. Um, that's kind of natural and normal. And so, you know, how do we embrace those changes as they come along? Um, and how do we acknowledge and recognize those in, in that friendship group and our relationships and our spouses and others around us as we do that? It happens within families as well. Um, families move and evolve and change. Your relationships change with siblings and cousins and parents as you age as well. And so all of those changes are happening, right? And so how aware are we of those changes? And as, as we adapt, I'm noticing how others adapt as well. Yeah. So we, there, there is a point where in, in any relationship, like, and I think you mentioned it, you, you almost have to evaluate yourself as well. And I'll, I'm going to just kind of come forward here and say I have a flaw. And that flaw may be judging people a little bit too much or – thinking, you know, maybe judging my wife a little bit. And I can tell that sometimes that affects her mood. And it's not a good thing to, in my opinion, it's not a good thing to to judge a person. How do you go about like, like, I found a flaw. How do I work on it when it's almost like certain thing, certain characteristics of a person are ingrained in them so deep. How, how, how is it to, how would you recommend me trying to change myself for the better? Well, first I'm impressed. You only have one flaw. Um, <laughs> I have numerous, no, numerous flaws. No, that's more than that. That's just the big one on top of the, I, the heap. You know, I, the first step is we have to be aware of our shortcomings. Yeah. We have to be aware of those things that that we know are just part of us, right? Yeah. Um, and and so being non-judgmental, it's a challenge for everybody. Um, I teach some classes where we we spend a whole 
section of time on, you know, how, how do we listen non-judgmentally? How do we approach things in a non-judgmental way so we can be more open to learning other people's, um, you know, perceptions and, and how they move forward? Um, the first step is us being aware, right? Because yeah. at least if we know our, our where kind of some of our stuff is, um, then that could help us when we get into those interactions where when those things start to come out that we can be aware of, oh, yeah, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you know, I, I think that the first step is is getting open and honest with ourselves. And so until we can be honest with ourselves about some of those areas, um, I'm judgmental about some things, too. Right. That's part of the human condition. We all have our own um, kind of, you know, judgmental um areas um that that we kind of have our own belief system sometimes and that that sometimes just rooted in what we believe um it has nothing to do with anything other than we were raised that way we believe that way it should just be this way and sometimes it's hard for us to understand others viewpoints because of that um but i think you know it starts with us that if we're open to kind of understanding there there might be some different ways to look at things then that's going to help us to evolve and grow a little healthier as individuals. And that's really going to help us in those relationships as those grow and adapt and change moving forward as well. Yeah. So, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about the emotions, you know, the feelings, the, you know, talking, the, the change that is, you know, that, that are those types of examples, but physically we change as well. And, how have you seen or does does physical change, you know, age, you know, slowing down, um, how does that impact in a marriage, in a relationship? And, you know, f- from everything from just like waking up in the morning to, I don't know, maybe sex life. Well, this is heading too close to home because, you know, I'm, I'm on the home stretch into 50 right now. Um, and so, you know, it's a little harder to get out and run right now for me. Um, and some of those activities that I've been doing my whole life, I mean, that's part of us, uh, you know, we're all going to get old, right? Yeah. Um, and we're, we're all going to have to face some of those things, you know, as we think about, you know, I have to get new contacts and um, I don't need readers yet, though. So at yeah. least I've got that going for me. Um, but, you know, we're all going to be there. And so how are we making the most of what we have? Right. Right. And so. You know, I, I think it's about, you know, creating that space that, you know, as the older I get, I'm starting to eat a little healthier. I'm starting to, you know, recognize that, well, you know, I might have to cut down on the IPAs now and then. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's some things that we start to think about. But, you know, I, I think also in some ways I'm, I'm probably a better version of me as I get older. And, and I'm probably healthier in some ways than I was younger, you know, and it's just the way I do things are differently, right? Sometimes right. I think a little smarter as opposed to throwing my back into it like I used to. Um, now I'd be like, you know, now I'm a little more like, well, you know, we, we can ratchet strap this and do it this way. And it's not going to, you know, take any energy from me to get the same thing done. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, we're all aging together. Um, Some of us are going to age better than others. Right. And so, you know, I I think that's just part it's part of what we have to do to manage our expectations as we get older. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. Is there um, 
when it comes to, let's say my wife is doing something or has a habit or I don't know, um, has a, a tick. I don't know. This is just an example and I don't like it. All right. Or if uh, a guy is listening out there, his wife is doing something that just frustrates him and messes him up. Is there a better approach? Is there a rip the bandaid off or beat around the bush slowly until she picks up the hint type? Uh, you know, I, I don't, this just, this just popped in my head and I'm sure that's a two way street, right? Like if a woman's listening to this and your husband's doing something that is pissing you off, uh, what's the best approach to communicate with them? Well, yelling, stop it never works for me. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Um, I can tell you what doesn't work and, yeah. and yelling, stop it doesn't work. Right. Right. Um, you know, I, well, I wouldn't make it. Well, I was going to make a comparison. I won't do that. You know, think about how could you invite someone to do something different and let them know the other way really bothers you. Right. Right. So offer solutions. Um, sometimes we get so into the negative that we forget about how do we help bring people along. Right. And so right. If, if there's something that's that's really annoying you, then a communicate but then also give other alternatives, right? Yeah. Because it may be your issue, right? If everything bothers you, then it doesn't matter what that person does. Right. You're still going to be annoyed. So is that about the other person or is that really just about you? Right. Right. Because one could argue, you know, my wife has a problem. This is not necessarily my wife, but, but a guy out there, his wife has a problem with him hunting too much. And he goes, well, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Is that the right? Is that the right way to handle that? Well, I, I guess it depends on what your relationship's like. I, I, yeah. I don't think it would be very pleasant at home to handle it that way. <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I think you know. Again, it comes down to: Does he really describe the importance of his hunting, yeah. and what is it really impacting? Right. And so, again, it's about it's not either or. Right. It's not about you know having a relationship or have, or going hunting. Right. I, and maybe in some cases it is right. There may be some relationships. It is either or. Yeah. Um, but I think for the most part, it's about how can I have, how can we do both? Right. How, how can I meet the expectations set for me at home and be able to go do this great activity that brings me joy and rejuvenation and refills my cup so I can go home and be a better husband. Right. right? We talked about capacity. If, if that one weekend of hunting rejuvenates you, and makes you a better husband, a better dad, and a better um, employee, then everyone would be on board of helping to make sure you have that two days to go out and go hunting, right? Yeah. If everyone understands that's the importance and you come back rejuvenated and you can get more done and have more capacity for all the other relationships in your life, well, why not? Why wouldn't everyone support that? But if we're not communicating that and no one understands that and you're saying, oh, I'm out of here, you're all on your own. Good luck. Yeah. Well, that comes off a lot differently and a lot more negatively. Yeah. So in this, in this episode, we've, we've talked a lot about these things of basically there's a little argument here, how to communicate, you know, how to long story short, it's, it's like you said about communication. When does it become time to have that interpreter? or that therapist or a third party come into play 
to, I don't know, be the ref of some sort. Absolutely. You know, I, I think, you know, when, when, when it's, when you're, when it's impacting your ability to sleep, when you're not taking care of yourself, like, you know, when everything's just so out of sorts and you're feeling down and blue and angry all of the time, that's not healthy. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, think for you, when are you at a place when it's so unhealthy and it's going on for weeks and weeks at a time and it's impacting your ability to function um, and their ability to function and everyone's just miserable and cranky all of the time, um, then you do need to get some help. And it's OK to get help because who wants to live like that for an extended period of time? Right. 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 Who wants to be in that place? Um, where your energy is just being zapped. And so I, I always encourage folks, if, if you feel like things are just completely out of whack, what does it hurt to go and talk to a third party, to go call a therapist or call a relationship coach or, to, right. you know, talk to somebody at your church or, you know, a spiritual leader who can help you in those areas. There's lots of options, right? Right. Um, but, you know, the, the, the one option may lead you to another option, may lead you to another option, but those are all available and, and good places to start. Yeah. And so when it comes time and, and let's talk a little bit about specifics. And the reason I want to ask about specifics is so maybe someone who's listening can identify those specifics uh, and and maybe prevent it from going to the next step, uh, you know, and, and helping them work it out at home. When someone when a, when a couple sits down in front of you, what are what are the from what you've gathered all these years, what are the main topics of uh, confrontation? Well, I mean, so, you know, again, thinking, in, you know, generally what, what caused couples to butt up against each other. And it's, those, it, it can be anything, right? It's, it's those stressors that boil to the top that haven't um, been settled that, that everyone's not in agreement on, um, you know, and so it, it's not, a, a one size fits all. It's it's any anytime someone disagrees with someone else, and then digs in, because there isn't a space to step back and have true understanding between both parties. And so, I kind of like you said, referee earlier, right? That yeah. that you know the game of life. Sometimes we all need a referee, right? Because sometimes you, you know you kind of get used to breaking a rule here or there and you keep going, right? Well, we all need to be put back in check sometimes, yeah. right? So. You know, we all sometimes just need someone to say, hey, did you really mean that? And what were you really trying to say? Yeah, yeah. I'm and gonna, when you take that pause, you're able to do that. Yeah. I'm going to double down on that last question, okay? Because, I, yeah. you know, I can Google reasons for divorce, and then it will give me a list of reasons, right? So, yep. I mean, is 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 money or fine finances a, a big topic is sex a big topic is uh, i don't know one person uh showing f i don't know not paying enough attention a big problem like those types of things well it, it's always expectations and unmet needs yeah right so it could be money sex you name it it's about unmet needs and or the ex or the perception of unmet needs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as we think about what our expectations in relationships are and what the realities of relationships are. Right. Yeah. And so the expectation of where we see, saw ourselves wanting to be in 10 years and then the reality where we find ourselves yeah. today. 
And so can you reconcile that? Or are you at a place where you can reconcile that with a person you want to be in a relationship with? That's really what it comes down to. Are my needs being met or do I feel my needs are being met? And all of those are reasons why people's needs aren't met. Yeah, I got you. All right. So, and I hate to say this, I am a product of a divorced family. Uh, my, My mom and dad got divorced when I was in third grade. And then my mom got divorced again from a, a guy, uh, when I was in like, I don't know, like in high school. Okay. And so there, you know, I've been through divorce. It's not a fun thing to go through. I, I personally have not been in divorce, but I've seen my friends with kids go through divorces as well. When, when is divorce the best option? I think when when there's irreconcilable differences that your needs aren't going to be met or you start to recognize that you have a different focus and goal than maybe your partner does, yeah. then sometimes going a separate direction is a really healthy, freeing thing to do, right? right. And so, you know, I, I think part of it is is coming to terms with, you know what, maybe the two of us just don't belong together right now. And that's okay, right? Part of relationships is making the choice to not be in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's part of it, right? That happens with friendships all the time, um, that, that we may be friends with someone and then realize that, well, maybe this isn't a friendship. Yeah. And then we choose not to be in a friendship with that person anymore. It's, it's no different in, in relationships or in marriages that, that sometimes things are just, our expectations are so different that they can't be reconciled. And that's okay. Um, You know, sometimes that's okay. It's better to recognize that and know that and then move on, right? Um, And that can be done in a very supportive, compassionate, empathetic way, right? That everyone wins. Um, You know, it's sometimes when people just get stuck in that rut and they spend years and years and years of their lives miserable. um, and, And for what? You know, it's it's how do we take back and own who we are, what we do in the relationships that we're part of. Yeah. So, I want to kind of end on a, in a end on a positive note here. Uh, and you know, we've been kind of talking about buzzwords, and the end one is love, because I, uh, I like I said, I've been through a couple divorces, um, and I've seen relationships that got crazy maybe didn't necessarily end in divorce but they got crazy and just dirty and then it the end out of that came this beautiful relationship with and they just loved each other hardcore you know and it was like they needed it um i call it volcano dad at home when my patients run thin I explode. And then after the explosion, maybe it's fear, which necessarily isn't a good thing, but most of the time it ends in my kids understanding more. And and so you have this big giant eruption and then out of that comes peace and tranquility. Does that make sense? Like how, how does um, it, I don't know. I don't Maybe you take over from here and and guess what I'm trying trying to say. Well, I, I think what you're describing is that intensity, right? Yeah. And when when you think about love, what is love? It's a deep, intense feeling 
for someone, something, right? You love it. Um, you love them. You love your kids, right? That's an intensity, right? Yeah. And so you're describing the intensity of your feelings when something's important to you, right? right? And so can great things come from deep intensity? Absolutely, right? Yeah. Um, that's that deep love and affection that you're communicating. And so I think, you know, it, it's harnessing that intensity um, and, and, and using that, right? Because you don't ever want to blow up like a volcano, probably, yeah, right? That's it's, not my goal. It's, finding, <laughs> it's not your goal, right? It's right. nobody's goal. But finding a way to manage those feelings in a way so it doesn't bottle up and explode, right? And so yeah. I think that's kind of the theme as I think about all the things we talked about today is, is how do we find ways to find balance and manage our emotions so we're not bottling it up, we're not hiding from someone or something, but we're finding a way to communicate our emotions and get everybody on the same page so that we can all support each other in all of the things that we like to do. Yeah. And, you know, the focus here was kind of on relationships. I asked a lot of questions from a uh, uh, husband, wife type standpoint, but everything you covered today is friendships, mother and mothers and sons, mothers and daughters, you know, like, like just people in general relationships for people. So, um, any, any final words, uh, or thoughts from you on best practices for, uh, a happy marriage? Wow. That's, that's a loaded question. If yeah. I've ever heard one, you know, I, I, I think, I, well, I think kind of all the things we talked about today, but it's, it's about providing space and understanding um, and that we are all evolving and changing. And, you know, it's funny you talk about, as you know, as we get older, our hormones change. Like there's so many physical changes as well yeah. as the emotional changes that occur with human beings. And so to remember that relationships and marriages, they will continually evolve. They're not, they're not stagnant. They're not just going to stay in the same place. It's always moving and you have to be moving with it and willing to make changes and adapt for your entire life right. for that relationship to continue to grow. Um, and be healthy. So I, I think that's that's kind of my final takeaway is, is how are you there to grow with the relationship? Right. Um, not just to be in a relationship, but to grow with the relationship. Right. Well, Jason, man, I, I really appreciate you taking time uh, out of your day to, to do this. I, it's, uh, this is a complete curveball for uh, what my listeners are in for. So uh, I really appreciate you uh, doing this and, and, and talking with us. And I really do think uh, there's going to be some people who have some good takeaways from this. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. If you feel inclined, please go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and leave a five-star review. That just helps me out. Uh, if you uh, if you like listening to the podcast, man, I would really appreciate it. Other than that, a uh, huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, HuntStand, Vortex. Don't forget 2% for conservation. And then, uh, you know, last but not least, man, uh, be good to one another. Stay positive. Good vibes in, good vibes out. And uh, we'll catch you the next time. Enjoy. Thank you.